There we go. Good morning again. Welcome to the well. Uh, welcome to those upstairs in the Well Cafe. I want to especially welcome you if you are a first-time guest with us. As you already heard, my name is David, and I serve as the senior pastor here. And again, if this is your first time, we're just we're glad uh, to have the opportunity to bless you and hope that you have already experienced that uh, in your time of worship today. If you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14 is where we're going to be in just a moment. If you did not bring your Bible today here in the chapel. There are blue Bibles in the seat in front of you, and then upstairs we have some of those as well. And on the screen, you'll see the page number for John chapter 14 in the blue Bible, which we will be to in just a moment. Uh, The 40-day challenge, that starts next week. That's the series that's going to carry us uh, through our celebrate through our Easter celebration, uh, I hope that you will be a part of the 40-day challenge, not only uh, connecting with the messages we're going to share each weekend, but also uh, through the workbook that we have available to you and, and connecting with a small group in the life of our church. Uh, as you already heard me say, I, I believe that, that change in our life is anchored in the relationships that we have in our life, and so we desire to help everybody in our church connect with a healthy small group community where you can grow together in your faith. And that's why we invest in resources like this. Uh, We put all this together uh, so that you can, uh, again, take that message a step deeper. The other thing I want to mention to you today is the First 15. The First 15 is a brand new devotional resource that we launched last week. Uh, How many of you got a First 15 in your email inbox this week? Awesome. How many of you read it? Awesome, even better, that's great. Uh, So if you are not a part of the first 15, uh, it is a resource for you to spend the first 15 minutes of your day with God. And you can uh, receive that via email. You can also go to the dailyfirst15.org. If you look on the back of your bulletin, at the bottom of your message page, you will see that website. You can subscribe to receive it via email there. And again, you can also go each day and just see the readings and the reflection uh, on that site as well. I heard this week, I was really excited to hear this. Since January, uh, the beginning of January, we've added 500 new people uh, to that email list. Uh, so thank you for those who have subscribed. There was a little golf clap there. You can all, there we go. That's good. That's awesome. So we have almost 2,000 people who receive that uh, each and every day. I was also uh, really encouraged this week by, by several people sharing with me that they had people who are in other parts of the country or other parts of the world who are now receiving that. We have some friends who they're doing a, a stint in Paris with uh, his job, and uh, she's now receiving, they're both receiving the, the first 15 as a resource. So we'd love for you to share that as well. But anyways, the reason I brought that up is that with the 40-day challenge, each day of those 40 days, we're going to give you a bite-sized way to apply the vision of that series, which comes from John 3.30, John the Baptist saying, he must become greater, referring to Jesus, I must become less. And that's what we're talking about over the course of 40 days. How do we live into that vision? And each day we're going to give you a bite-sized way that you can do that, just a little challenge for you uh, to live out that vision. And that will come with the first 15. It's also in the back of your workbook, uh, but I want you to be aware of that. That will start on Wednesday. So it starts on Wednesday, the first day of Lent, which is also Ash Wednesday, which you heard about. Hope you'll be here for uh, the service that we have uh, on Ash Wednesday. So we just finished up Fuel. We're starting 40-Day Challenge next week. There's really nothing else going on in the life of our church, so we can just go home. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. So as most of you have already heard, uh, Pastor Mike shared some really significant news with our church last weekend. If you were here at the well well cafe i also shared that with you and then we sent out a church-wide email and the news if you haven't heard is this 
uh, that after 21 years of serving this church and serving in this community, uh, Pastor Mike is being appointed as the district superintendent of the West District of the Central Texas Conference. It's a lot of words that none of you know about or care about, okay? So let me tell you what that means. We're a part of the Central Texas Conference. That's the association of churches that, that we belong to. A little over 300 churches. There are five districts. We're a part of the East District uh, in the Central Texas Conference. Mike's going to be the district superintendent of the West District, which is in the western portion, obviously. Uh, in that area, that geographic area, there are 60 churches uh, that Mike will now serve as the supervising pastor for, not only for those churches, but also for those clergy. And so as he expressed in his email, he's going to be taking everything he's learned here in 21 years of ministry to bless, support, and nurture those churches. It's a, it's a big deal, uh, this new role that he is stepping into. And, and as he's expressed to me and as has expressed to you, he's excited about that. Uh, but of course, for he and Rhonda, this is where they've been called home for, for two decades. And so it's also kind of a sad time. And so uh, here's what I've noticed about change. I don't know if you, maybe you have seen this in other people's lives. Probably not you. You're, you're more steady, normal people. But, but have you noticed that in some people's lives, change can like make us uneasy? Anybody like familiar with this phenomenon? Like we get a little bit anxious when change. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that anxiety that, that you may be feeling, even if, you know, you come to the well, the well cafe on a regular basis. And so you may hear from me on a regular basis and have a more limited relationship with Mike. You know, this is significant for us. And so I want to talk about how we as people of faith, how do we approach an uncertain future? I'm going to share that with you, just a, one word of scripture with you and a, a quick thought on that. And then what I want to do is I want to address some questions that people have asked in the last week about what does that mean for our church and for our future. I want you to leave uh, with some clarity on that so that you'll know where we're going and what this, uh, what this means for us. Because even though like we, we know this isn't happening till July, uh, Mike's not leaving till July 1st, here's what else I've noticed about people who are anxious. We like to make a down payment on future worry. Have you noticed that? <laughs> It's almost like we're just sitting around going, you know, I don't have enough to worry about today. What could I worry about for tomorrow? What could I worry about for next week and next month and next year? And we just, we pile that up. So we want to talk about that. How do we as people of faith, how do we approach an uncertain future? So John 14, I'm going to read you one verse. But if, you're, if you have your Bible, I want you to find it because this is a verse that you might want to underline. This is a verse that you might want to memorize because of the meaning it may have for you today the meaning it may have to you at another point uh, in your future. But let me tell you a little bit about the context of what I'm going to read to you first. John 13, 14, 15, and 16 are the, is the last supper that Jesus shares with his disciples. That's what we find in the Gospel of John. John 14, 15, and 16 uh, are the words of hope and encouragement that Jesus offers to his disciples who are about to face an uncertain future. They're about to deal with his loss, his horrible crucifixion, okay? That's what Jesus is preparing them for. So just to clarify, because again, we're talking about Mike taking this new position and we want to address some anxiety. I want to make sure you know Mike's not dying, okay? So don't take this too literally here. And as far as I know, I mean, he's going to be dealing with lots of churches and some churches in conflict and struggle. But from my study, no DSs have ever been crucified, okay? So I think he's going to be okay. But I want you to hear, again, how Jesus prepares his disciples 
for what is going to come next. So here's what he says in verse 27. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Should you hear that one more time? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, your first thought might be, well, that's easier said than done, right? Like, have you ever had someone just tell you, well, just stop worrying about that? You're like, how do I do that? You know, I can't just stop. But I want you to hear how Jesus redirects the disciples and how he prepares them. And I want to give you two statements. So if you see on the top of your message page, you'll see two sentences there. I'm going to give you the final word in each of those two sentences. This is what I believe Jesus is communicating in this one verse of Scripture a word that it was a word of encouragement for the disciples has been for me in my own life, and I hope it will be for our entire church as we approach an uncertain future. Here's the first word. We live in a world that can only provide uncertainty. We live in a world that can only provide uncertainty. And one of the things I want you to notice is how much energy we often give to avoiding that truth. Like most of us don't even like to think about that. And so we just turn our attention away from it. But until something happens in our life that reminds us that we live in an uncertain world, we experience a sudden loss. Uh, something unexpected comes around the corner in our life. And all of a sudden we are reminded, oh yeah, we live in a world that can only provide uncertainty. Some of us may be anxious about what's going to happen in July, and we're not even thinking about the fact that we may not even make it to July. <laughs> now, that may sound depressing, okay? That may sound like, well, this isn't encouraging, David. Where are you going with this? <laughs> but I want you to understand that's the reality of the world that we live in. That is the reality of the world that we live in. There is no security in the world that we live in. There is no security, though we often think there is, in the size of our bank account, what the retirement fund is. How, what our house is, what kind of car we drive, even the relationships that we have that, that nurture our life and they, we treasure them, they mean so much to us. We recognize that we live in a frail world. And some of us have had that experience of, of having a relationship that we really counted on, that we really, and, and, and unexpectedly that person was removed from our life. They died suddenly. And all of a sudden, we're, 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 we're trying to figure out where security and comfort is. We live in a world, the only thing the world can give us is uncertainty. But listen to what Jesus says. I do not give to you as the world gives. The world can only provide uncertainty. What does Jesus say? My peace I give to you. So the second thought is this. God is the only one who can provide peace. God is the only one who can provide peace. So while with the, most of the message today, I want to answer some of the questions that you are asking. I want to address where we're going in the future. I want you to have clarity on that. I want you to know that I can't give you peace. I can't. That's, that, that is not possible. No one can. If anyone promises you that, they're not telling you the whole story. Only God can provide peace. The only peace and security, comfort, hope, encouragement that we can find, it's found in our relationship with God. It's not found in this world. 
And over the course of the last 11 years, as I look at the, the things that Mike has been speaking into my life as a young pastor growing and developing and maturing and figuring out what it means to, to lead a church, there's nothing that Mike has more clearly spoken into my life than these two thoughts. One of the things that Mike uh, is famous for saying, one of his uh, statements is that people are always people and God is always God. Never confuse the two. Don't expect people to be God. Don't expect God to be anything less than God. In other words, stop asking so much of people or expecting so much of people and stop expecting so little of God. The only security is in God and in our relationship with God. So the peace that we find in the midst of an uncertain future is the peace that we find in our relationship with God. Not because a situation goes the way that we want it to or circumstances work out in a, in, in a way that may be favorable to us, but rather because we have a God who loves us and cares for us and our lives are safe and secure when we trust our lives to God. That is a basic statement of faith that I just want to bring us back to this weekend as we think about facing an uncertain future. The reality is today is just like yesterday and tomorrow will be the same. Every word of scripture is written to people who face an uncertain future because that's the world that we live in. But the good news is Jesus says, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled because I am giving you my peace. God is the one who supplies the peace. So let me address a few questions. Again, I can't take away uh, anxiety and worry that anyone may feel, but I can offer you uh, some responses to some questions that you've asked about the life of our church. And I want to do that for a couple of reasons. Number one, I want you to know that we're prepared, okay? We're ready for what is ahead. I want you to know that, that, that what th- these responses that I'm offering to you are ones that we have prayed through and we have thought through. Uh, we, we know, we have known what our plans would be if something like this were to occur. And, and, and we, want, we want you to have comfort and security in that. The second reason I want to answer those questions is because on Wednesday, Pastor Mike and I are getting on a plane to go to the Holy Land. We're taking about 50 people from our church on a trip for 10 days, and I'd love for there to be a church when we come back, okay? <laughs> so that's a joke, okay? But I, so I want to give you that now. I want to answer those questions now so that you don't have to be anxious or worried about what that might mean for the future. So here's the first question, and these are questions I've heard and other people have shared with me. Here's the first question. Will we be okay Okay, I've heard that. Now, that's not always the question that's stated, but it's the question behind the question. You know what I mean? It's what people are really wanting. Like, are we going to be okay? And here's the answer. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Somebody back there thought it was funny. Will we be okay? Yes, we will be okay. We're going to be okay because our peace and our confidence come from God. It doesn't come from Mike And your peace and confidence doesn't come from me. The story of what has happened in the life of this church over the course of the last two decades, which is an incredible story, here's what I want you to understand. That story belongs to God. That story belongs to God. It's been His Spirit, His grace at work in the life life of this church through the lives of those who have led this church and have, uh, and have served this church, but it is God's Spirit who has done this work. 
Last year, we announced a, a transition where I stepped into the role of senior pastor. Let me just tell you real quickly what happened in that, that year of change, that, that year of, of, of sharing with you a, a different direction. We had our highest attendance in our history and our highest giving in our history. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And one of the reasons that I have hope and confidence in that, I'll just tell you, is I know there is no one who is more committed to the future of this church than Mike. Let me tell you how I know that. Some of you are parents out there, right? Okay? And you have poured your life into your children. Some of you have poured your life into your children over the course of decades. They've now left the home. They're, they've started their new lives. Let me just ask you, moms and dads, is there anyone who is more committed to your children's future than you are? Is there anyone who has prayed more for their success and for their safety and their security than you have? No, because you're their parent. You have poured your life into them. And this is where Mike has poured the majority of his pastoral ministry, this church and this community. There's no one who's more committed to that future. And so for Mike to say to me, David, I feel like God is calling me to a new place and I trust you, I trust the leadership of this church, I trust the other pastors, I trust the lay leadership, I trust the church. That tells me we're going to be okay. That he has that confidence and faith in what God has done here. We're going to be okay. Here's the second question I've heard. Will we be getting another pastor? Will we be getting another pastor? Y'all didn't think that was funny. For some reason, Saturday, I thought that was funny. Like, everyone laughed. I was like, that's not funny. Will we be getting another pastor? The answer is yes. We will be getting another pastor. The bishop will be appointing another pastor to join our pastoral staff. We have four full-time clergy, myself, Pastor Johnny, Pastor Tina, Pastor Sharon, and then we have one part-time uh, clergy person, Pastor Caesar, who leads Celebrate Recovery. We do expect another full-time pastor to join our staff. Now, the way that works in the United Methodist Church, for those who may not know, is the bishop appoints someone to serve. We don't hire our clergy. The bishop's task, one of his main jobs, is to deploy the clergy in our conference in a way that maximizes its, its effect on the kingdom of God. To put people in roles where they can serve and bless and the kingdom of God is expanded. And so in consultation with me as the senior pastor and our pastor parish relations committee, we will be receiving another pastor. I don't know who that is. I don't know when that will happen, but in the next few months, I'll be able to share with you, hey, this is the person who's going to be joining our staff. Next question, will they be doing what Mike has been doing? Well, the answer is yes and no. There are things that Mike has done that a new pastor will come in and, and also do. For instance, all of our pastors help with the pastoral care of this church that has 7,000 members, okay? As you can imagine, that's a rather daunting task. And, and among the five, six of us, we do our best with that. The person coming in will certainly assist uh, in that area. But there are things that Mike has done because he's Mike that the other person, the new person, will not be able to do because they will not be Mike, okay? Now, Mike actually has a twin brother, but he's, he's busy, and it would be weird, I promise. It would be really weird. They're very different people, but so he has a job. He's not coming. I will promise you that. Steve is not going to be the next pastor, all right? But there are things that Mike has been able to do in his role because of who Mike is. 
and because he's served in this church and served in this community for 21 years. One of the things that Mike has done over the last year, really the last five or six years, but he's continued to do in the new role that he had as of last January is being, being active in our local community. So if you don't know, if you're brand new here, we're a church that's committed to our local community and blessing our local community, doing that through many mission services that we offer, but also being someone, being a church that partners with other organizations and seeks to be a blessing to our community. So that's connecting with our hospital. Mike has served on the hospital board. He obviously won't continue to do that. We, I expect that I will step into that role. Uh, Mike has been a, a leader in our local community, working with city officials. So this last Thursday, when the mayor had a, uh, a breakfast, with pastors. I went this week, uh, whereas Mike would have gone previously. I'll step into many of those roles because that's my task to do as the senior pastor of this church. Next question. This is the big question. Who will be preaching my service? <laughs> Eventually, it all comes back to how is this going to affect me, right? <laughs> now, let me just tell you, I think that I, I, if you feel that way, like, like if your first thought is, how will this affect me, that is totally okay. Because I guarantee you, when the bishop called me and said, David, this is what's going to happen, I was not thinking about you. I was thinking about me, okay? I was thinking about, how is this going to change my life? How is, how is this going to be different? That's how we all think, so you're forgiven, okay? That is okay to think that. Now, I'm going to give you a very clear answer to this question, but first, I need to explain something to you. Because something happened last year that you didn't necessarily see. Something changed for me that wasn't an outward change. I didn't start growing my hair out. It wasn't something you go, oh, wow, David looks different. But there was something that changed for me. And here's what changed. Last year, I shifted from being one of the pastors who had responsibility for a portion of the church. Uh, at that time, it was primarily Saturday night. And the well and the well cafe, that was the, the two communities that I served as the primary preaching pastor for. And so I was responsible for these communities. That was my main job. But last year when I stepped into the role of senior pastor, I shifted from being responsible for a portion of the church to being responsible for all of the church. It was a moment, a, a shift in me that was kind of like, <sighs> and for Mike, it was like, here you go, you know? <laughs> Mike, uh, the way he prepared for me for that is he kept telling me for like six months before, he said, you need to be ready for the weight, the weight that you're going to have to carry as the senior pastor of this church. And over the course of the year, that's what has changed for me is I've, I've learned and, and grown in understanding that I'm responsible for the entirety of the life of this church. And so from that perspective, here's something I want you to hear. I want our entire church to hear. One of the underappreciated strengths of our church, the thing that has helped make us into who we are today, that people who attend one of our services may not necessarily see, is that we are a church that provides excellent worship in a variety of styles. Most churches cannot do that. Most churches who try to do that eventually just quit because they can't sustain it. And so they end up cutting out one side of their, the, the life of their church to just do one thing. It's very hard to do more than one thing. And in reality, if you were to come across our many different worship services, you would recognize that they're all a little bit different. They're all unique. That's very, very difficult to do, but it's one of our great strengths. 
It's one of the reasons that we are able to reach a wide spectrum of people, which we greatly appreciate here at First Methodist Mansfield. That's one of our values, that we as a church can really be in ministry to four and five generations of a family because of the variety of styles that we offer. And here's what I want you to hear. As senior pastor from the 50,000-foot view that I get to see, you don't get to see because you don't come to four services each weekend, which is fine. You have other things to do. But from that perspective, that is one of our strengths that we will continue to invest in. We will continue to be a church that invests in great, uh, uh, excellent contemporary worship services like the Well and the Well Cafe with, with people like Doug and Josh leading here and Holly and her team that leads upstairs in the Well Cafe. We will be invested in that in providing excellent worship in our contemporary worship setting. And we will be invested in our traditional worship services as well. The services that happen where there's choir and there's orchestra and the pastors are dressed up in robes and you would walk in, some of you, and go, what in the world is going on in here, okay? I mean, that's, that's not your style and that is totally okay. But we're able to reach more people because we can, we can speak different languages in, in terms of worship styles. That's a value for us. That's a strength for us. And we're going to continue to do that. And so as senior pastor, one of the things that I have to, to think about is where does my voice need to be and where do I need to make space for other voices to come in and continue to grow this church? We're not going to spend the next 18 months going, where's Mike? What are we going to do? I don't know. No, we're going to do what we have been taught to do. We're going to continue to grow and expand and seek to grow this church and reach this community. So back to the question, who will preach my services? Here's what the preaching schedule will be. I will preach Saturday night. I will preach our 815 traditional service, which I have not done in the past. I'll start doing that. I'll preach our 930 contemporary service, which I have been doing since last January. And I will begin preaching the 11 o'clock traditional service that happens at this time. Now, the well and the well cafe, here's what's going to happen here. Pastor Johnny is going to become the primary preaching pastor at this venue. You can go ahead and clap, Kurt. Now, let me, say, let me say a word for those who are upstairs. Kurt's right here. Kurt knows me really well. Great friend. And Kurt clapped. And I want to say a word about what Kurt this just did, okay? I want to, well, I'm going out of order in what I was going to say, but this is good. I want to, I want to mention this. I know for some of you, you may feel disappointed in that. You, you may think, well, I can only listen to Pastor David. <laughs> and here's what I would say to you. First, you need to pray about that, okay? <laughs> and you can laugh, but I really do mean that. If you were to come to me and you were to say, uh, David, I need some advice and wisdom, and I don't want to listen to anyone else but you, my first piece of advice and wisdom would be, you need to listen to a multitude of voices. You need to have several people who are speaking wisdom and faith into your life. I have always believed and will continue to believe that the church works best when there are a multitude of voices who are speaking into the lives of the people who are part of that community of faith. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think that's one of the things that is often unhealthy about the church, is that there are large churches that are only listening to one voice. And in that, in, in that model, you're missing a multitude of perspectives. You're missing people speaking into your life who can add value into your life. And so if, uh, if you're there, I'd, I'd encourage you first just to think about that. But if you decide, well, I'd rather come to 930 or I'd rather come to Saturday night because I want to hear Pastor David's sermon, that's totally fine, okay? 
uh, we could use your seat. We could use your seat at the well. And the, that's funny. You should laugh. We could use your seat at the well in the well cafe. Here's why Pastor Johnny could use your seat. Because Pastor Johnny's going to continue to grow this service. And he's going to continue to grow the well cafe service. His leadership is going to allow us to reach people that I couldn't reach. And I have utmost confidence in that. I've worked with Johnny, if you don't know, for 13 years, okay? Which some of you are thinking, was he five? No, okay? <laughs> we've, we've worked together uh, for 11 years here at this church. We worked for several years at my previous church when Mike and I had breakfast about 12 years ago, and he was asking me if I was interested in coming on staff. I said, I would love to work at First Methodist Mansfield, but this guy's got to come with me. This guy's got to come with me. Um, this is long overdue for him to become the, the primary preaching pastor at, at one of our services. He has those skills. He has those gifts. He is one of, uh, in, my, in my opinion, uh, my humble opinion, biased opinion, you may say, but in my opinion, he is one of the most gifted young clergy that we have in the United Methodist Church. And you're going to... Now, back to Kurt and Kurt clapping. Here's what else I want you to hear. If you choose to stay in the Well in the Well Cafe, I want you to know that you do that with my blessing, okay? I want you to know that I'm not going to be on Monday morning saying, Johnny, why haven't they moved to my service, you know? <laughs> At no point in the history of our church has Mike pulled me aside and said, hey, why did that person come to your service? Do you know why? Because he was the senior pastor and he was responsible for the whole church, and, and as long as people were coming to church, that's great, okay? And that's how I will feel as well. So I want you to know, if you have any sense like, oh, I might hurt David's feelings if I don't change my weekend schedule. No, you won't, because I'm giving you someone who I have utmost confidence in and who I believe, again, is going to help grow our church. It's going to grow this service here uh, in the chapel. It's going to grow the Well Cafe upstairs. The story of what's happening in this place is going to continue. I feel the same way that I know Mike feels as he transitions into a new role and he, 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 he steps out for me to take leadership. I feel the same way about stepping out of here and offering that leadership to Johnny. I love preaching to you guys. I mean, this is, this is like, I've, I've joked with people before, this is, this is like preacher heaven, you know, just this venue. It's just a great place. I've loved doing that, but I know that I'm putting you in capable hands and someone who's going to bless and continue to grow our church. Okay, two more questions. What will we do for the next five months? Let me just walk, walk you through uh, with this. Um, next week, we start the 40-day challenge. Have you heard about that? Yes, you have. Okay, 40-day challenge. During the 40-day challenge, same schedule we have had before. So I'll be with you here in the Well Well Cafe for the next six weeks with the exception of next weekend. Pastor Johnny will be preaching all of our services while Mike and I are leading the trip to the Holy Land. We'll have Easter. Familiar with that? We do it every year. Easter will be at the CPA. Uh, hoping to have 6,000 this year. That's my goal. We break 6,000 uh, in those services that we're, that we're offering there. After Easter, we're going to do a series called Declutter, Creating Space in a Chaotic World. Does anyone need to hear that series? Anybody? Maybe a few of you. That's a five-week series. When we, when we start that series, and for those five weeks, we will go to our new preaching schedule. The other thing that will change is the Saturday service that has been ha happening here in our chapel space. That's going to move back to our main sanctuary on April 10th, I think, the first weekend of that declutter series. That's five weeks. The next four weeks, which is like 
mid-May to mid-June, Pastor Mike's going to preach his final series here, entitled Confessions of a Pastor. (laughs) You will not want to miss that. He'll preach all of our services uh, for those four weeks. Then we have two weeks that we haven't quite decided what we're going to do. And then we're going to get to the final question, which is, how are we going to honor Mike? June 26th, okay? I want you to write that down, put it on your calendar. I want everyone to be here on June 26th. We're going to have one service at 11 o'clock in our sanctuary, and we'll put people in every nook and cranny. And what I have communicated to the staff is on June 26th, we're going to attempt to do the impossible, which is to say thank you. We're going to fail. (laughs) We're going to fail miserably at that task because there are not enough words. There's not enough songs. There's not enough that we can do to say thank you to Mike for what he's done to bless and serve this church over 21 years. But we're going to give it our best effort. June 26th, I want you all to be here uh, for that special Sunday. Final reminder, Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We are people who live in a world that can only provide uncertainty. God is the only one who gives us peace. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we pause today to give you thanks for being our peace, for stepping into our chaos, Lord, for speaking into our anxiety and our fear and reminding us day by day and week by week and year by year, that our lives are safe and secure when we give them to you. God, thank you for that. May the reminder of that today, Lord, bless our hearts. May it bring us peace. And may it, Lord, give us hope and excitement for our future. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.